podcasting is the hardest profession in the world. Hard work. Stoner is the hardest profession in the world. Hard work. The hardest profession is stoner. Acting. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You can help yourself. It's in your body too much. You can help yourself. (laughs) I was like, how does the song go? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This show. You loved it. We're doing Fame, the musical. We should start by saying that. I'm so excited. I'm jazzed from having just watched this. Baby, I enjoyed myself. It flew by, but I think it was pretty awful. I think it was, some things were very offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. But I also think this production is phenomenal. Like I adore so many of the people in this. There are some killer moments and I just love, the music of fame goes off. It doesn't get enough recognition for how many bops are in this musical. No, I agree, I agree. And I think there were some unbelievable performances, but I also think there were some uh awful performances. Okay, well let's you know, let's see where we diverge on this as we go through this musical. Well, before we even get into it, should we discuss our fame journeys? Like, because there's so many different uh, versions of it and TV shows and movies. Like, what have you seen? What have you... What... Okay, literally, I think I might be a musical purist for fame. I did the musical in middle school, so I learned it then and was very into it. I will tell you stories about it as we discuss. But afterwards, I had only seen that movie that came out that, I don't know, maybe 2010, somewhere around there there that Megan Mullally is one of the teachers, but bitch, it's a blur. I don't really recall. I never saw that movie. Megan Mullally's in it? Yeah, she's one of the teachers. Oh, wow. Wait, I was just going to say I only saw the movie where Donna Murphy was the dance teacher, but that's fucking center stage. (laughs) I love center stage. I love center stage, right? Donna Murphy's not in any fame. That's definitely center stage I'm thinking of. Maybe. You know, Priscilla Lopez is also one of the dance teachers in center stage. That cast is awesome. I love that movie. When Don Murphy's like, Anna, I want a double. And she's like, well, I thought I could do a triple. She's like, I asked for a double. That's not how the exact quote. It's something like that, though. <laughs> Is that the Zoe Saldana character? No. It's just um, like a random dancer. Oh, well, good for her. Triple. Uh-huh. Listen, I don't want to make this a weird competition and make things uncomfortable, but I also have done <laughs> Fame the Musical when I was about ninth grade. Oh, my God. I love that it was both like that middle school time in our lives. And it was like summer theater like all we had was big black boxes and we'd stack (laughs) the boxes to make different like school desks and things to like (laughs) it was terrible our Miss Sherman, who is a person of color in the show and referenced it many times, was a, a girl from NYU, a white girl from NYU who was home for the summer and did it. Our Carmen was a ginger. <laughs> no, not the ginger Latina, although they exist. They do, they exist, do exist, and we'd love to have one on the show. But this girl was not um, <laughs> that. Oh, God. It was a different time. Just ginger, ginger, Irish Carmen being like, Voy a vivir para siempre. Girl, exactly. <laughs> Like white, pale, <laughs> pale. She was the only one who could like really sing it. So they were like, okay, she's it. Congratulations, Cheryl. That really is it in middle school. Can your voice kind of do it? Okay, you got the part, honey. Yeah. We also, have you seen the original movie? No. Okay. There's have you? This, yeah. The original movie is the only one I've seen. I've seen the original movie and I know the show, but there's like a song in the movie called Hot Lunch. And Center Stage. And Center Stage, the sequel. It's called Hot Lunch. <laughs> and it's like, bum, 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 bum,
over and over again. Everyone comes in and then they have a little rap section. It's not rap. It's like macaroni and bologna tuna fish, <laughs> your favorite dish, hot lunch. If it's yellow, let it wow. mellow. If it's blue, it might be stew. The girl who's like the Carmen character sings it while they're in the lunchroom. But when I did it, my show, they didn't, couldn't figure out how to start act two for some reason. So we added hot lunch. We all just came out. There was no, no. choreography. <laughs> we all would just like awkwardly dance. And it's a long song. Awkwardly singing about lunch. Like, where does that go? What's the purpose of that? And the lyrics are like a small part of it. It was so awkward. I was wondering why you knew the words to Hot Lunch so well when you started singing it. But then I thought, do you think Cardi B got inspiration for WAP? But singing about macaroni. Listen. From Hot Lunch. Very similar. Yeah. Macaroni in a pot. It's a WAP. It's a WAP. Hot Lunch. <laughs> yeah. They're very similar. That's not the only Cardi B connection I'll make throughout. I'm just kidding. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay, I'm stoked. Let's fucking get into this, man. It starts off like all of these filmed theater movies do, and I love that with the audience (laughs) coming in, taking their seats. Why do I fucking love that so much? It's such a good mood. Yeah. It gets you into the mood as well to watch a musical specifically, because people don't act like that getting into a movie theater. You know what I mean? Right. It's different. It's a different vibe. And then we get this beautiful shot of the actual (laughs) fame school on 46th and and something. It was a weird choice to use this shot, I feel. And it was too long. It was too long. The whole opening song, I Pray I Make PA, which is very much Fame's God, I hope I get it moment. It's just this photo on the LED screens and it's so small compared to the stage. And we just focus on it for so long and it says freshman year 1986. Besides that, we're just looking at this fucking image of the school. It felt like over a minute. No, it was long. I was like, what am I getting myself into? But luckily, this was kind of a singular moment that was strange. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Why didn't they have them all come out, like, praying or, like, getting their letters or something? It was weird. Anything. Also, by the way, this is the 30th anniversary Fame UK tour, but it's live from London's West End. So just for context, these are mostly British. I imagine all British performers, but I'm not really sure. So this is, like, also a British take on this, like, classic New York musical. Mm -hmm. And it's on Broadway HD. Yes. Yes, thank you for saying that. We love Broadway HD. when we forget that. Yeah. Thank fuck though, we lose this photo. All the kids come out on stage and they're all like, I fucking made it. We see headshots along the upstage perimeter of the stage. I thought that was cute as shit. And all the students are being greeted by Miss Sherman, who's the homeroom teacher. This is one of my favorite performers in the entire thing. Her name is Micah Paris. And she's a recording artist. I did not know who she was. She has this rich, raspy voice. She's very successful and a Apparently, she's also on a soap opera that's really, really beloved in the UK called EastEnders, but I've never seen it. I bet I'd love it. I've heard it's such drama. We should get into it. You know I love my soap operas. You know it. Yeah, and they're kind of a dying art. We need to support them. Exactly. Conservation. And apparently, in this world, the movie happened. I love that. Like, they referenced the movie, Miss Sherman's like, if you think you're going to be dancing on cars like the movie (laughs) Fame, you're wrong. So... Like, I love that that's what's going on here. Yeah. So Miss Sherman comes in. She's kind of laying the land. It's her homeroom, first day, freshman year, and she's doing roll call. And this is where we kind of meet all of these 
characters. Yeah. So first we meet Carmen Diaz, who is hot and saucy. Yeah. And Spanish. But when I did it, it was a ginger. Uh. <laughs> this was the character. <laughs> but I feel like every production, every version of fame has this sort of character. The girl who's saucy and thinks she's going to make it and then like trouble hits her. What's that about? Are they trying to teach us a lesson? They're like, don't be cocky. Don't love yourself a little too much. Yeah. Don't do drugs is probably actually what they were trying to say. Did you, you, you never saw the original movie, right? No. Well, in the original movie, this type of character, I think she's going to shoot a scene with an agent or director or something and he has her go topless. And like in the movie, <gasps> she, I think she's like sobbing and she takes off her shirt and it's like, No. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so upsetting. Wow, you really just bummed me out. I'm sorry about that. Let's pick it up. <laughs> um, Then we meet... <laughs> Who else? Okay. Serena Katz. Okay, she's a mess and I love her. Look, her and her counterpart, Nick. Frickin' frack. I don't know what the hell was going on here. <laughs> First of all, his accent <laughs> kept coming out. He was the only one whose accent yeah. was prominently popping out. Yeah, very much so. Which is awkward because he was the acting one who was supposed to be so in control of these sorts of things. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was very confused about the casting of these two. See, I think she's phenomenal. I think they're both great Vocally, I was a little nervous about them, especially in the beginning. She made me shut the fuck up, though, later on. I was like, good for you. And she's such a physical actress. I loved her intensity. Too she physical. Really she's too physical. She's I think it was nice. Serena can kind of be boring. She made her crazy. It was fun. Listen, she could do a, an England production of Last Five Years with the guy from Toxic Avenger. Because <laughs> they were both fucking crazy. <laughs> and like, out of 10 the whole time. I mean, we'll get into it. But her character's a psycho. Psychopath. <laughs> So anyway, I love it. she's this timid girl who's nervous to start her first day. Yeah, and she's like, wow, this guy is so cute in my acting class with me. They're both acting majors. And he's been like in commercials. He's a professional. So she's kind of smitten immediately. And he's like, listen, girl, I'm a serious actor. We meet Shlomo. Love that name. And his dad was like a famous concert violinist or something. Yeah, violinist. So he doesn't want to get by on his dad's name. He wants to make his own name for himself. Yeah, and he wants to rock and roll, baby. Okay, listen. Then we get Joe Vega. He's a star. Girl, he looks like a 45-year-old crackhead in this <laughs> show. <laughs> I mean, he does look old, but... This man was... Oh, what do you want? I don't know if it was the actor or the character he was doing, but this man was tweaking <laughs> out. He, There's no way he was not doing bumps of cocaine before he came out to do this show. <laughs> he couldn't sit still. It was insane. I loved him. They need to do a drug test for this whole cast. Because let me tell you something. These people are on something. That's what I want. It's fame, bitch. It's not fucking... I don't know. What's like a somber musical? Like, it is fame, bitch. Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> oh god. So he's Spanish and he is just like a man's man and loves to talking about whacking his dick off. Listen, these British shows, they love talking about their dicks and making references to their dicks. Yeah, but this isn't a British show. This is an American show. Well, I don't remember it so much when I did it in America. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do. And now looking back at it, I'm like, whoa, the meaning of that one went over my head. Well, maybe also because we were children. Maybe that's why. It probably was supposed to be in there, but we were like, don't have pubes yet. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Sorry, girl. I was born with pubes. I didn't mean to <laughs> knock your puberty journey. <laughs> so proud of you and the woman you become. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God. Do we meet anyone else? Who else is there? Tyrone Jackson comes in late. I mean, the whole time she's calling for Tyrone and no one's answering. And then he walks in late and immediately him and Miss Sherman want to kill each other. They don't have time to build <laughs> relationships or storylines in the show. It just starts and he's late and they're like, I want you to fucking die. That's how intense they are with each other. It's so fucking crazy. I buy it though. Because he comes in and he's very like, I don't have to answer to you. I get it. She's like, I've seen this type of kid a thousand times. You know what I mean? But he does have to answer to her. She's the teacher. Like, you can't come in with that attitude the first day of school. That's insane. (laughs) It's like the high school musical kids when they're pissed off that they have to work. Right. In the summertime. (laughs) Kids in musicals are crazy. And those kids in Rent who didn't think they had to pay rent. These kids are (laughs) fucking insane. Musical theater kids are fucking nuts. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta pay rent. You gotta respect your teachers. And you gotta work. You are literally such a bummer. Listen, I understand where Miss Sherman's coming from. <laughs> okay, we also meet teachers for each discipline. Two of these guys have the most princess tracks ever. The music teacher comes in, says a few things in a German accent, and leaves like three times in the whole show. Uh-huh. Princess track. The acting teacher, he gets a little bit more because he's trying to push these kids to learn how to act right? Yeah. The dance teacher. The dance teacher. Okay, first of all, she reminds me of Colleen Sexton. Second of all, Mm -hmm. what, do you disagree? No, she does, but she cannot sing like Colleen Sexton. I don't really feel like I've heard her sing. Did she sing in the show? The teacher? Oh, yeah. They have the teacher's argument, my favorite song. Oh, you're right. Is it that bad? I was so, like, vibing. It wasn't that bad, but that's my favorite song, and, like, she took down so many of those Oh. whatever's on the CD that I just, like, know from my head. In the recording, like, it's an argument and she she's coming back at her with vocals that are equally strong and they're really belting at each other and this one was just it was light and fluffy okay i see your point she did dance her face off and was very cute yeah so i actually had a wonderful time watching this i don't know why i'm bashing everything i had a wonderful time And then, of course, we have the English teacher, Miss Sherman, who's their homeroom teacher. And this is where we get this fun-ass fucking part that we were attempting to do at the start, which is, I say it's fun. It's actually a little psychotic. Each profession is going through this kind of spoken word piece where they're all saying, acting is the hardest profession in the world, hard work. But then the other groups are saying dance is and music is, and it's kind of spooky. It is a little spooky. Wait, what part were you? Which one were you when you did it? Oh, well, this will get you closer to who my character was. Oh, shit. I was in dance. Oh! (laughs) I know, unexpected. I'm really a mover, but here we are. (laughs) Wow. Well, I was in music and I don't play an instrument. Just both completely miscast. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> and I didn't even hold an instrument. I just stood there and like bought my head. It was like music. <laughs> like offbeat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like awkwardly Tone clapping deaf. my thigh. <laughs> trying to keep the beat. Clapping on the one and the three. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> It's a character choice. Can I say one thing? We're at this high school of performing arts in New York City, and there is not one homosexual character in this whole play. That's homophobic. <laughs> That's homophobic. That's great. I mean, how do you write a show about performing arts and not have a gay cat? There's all these straight guys just hanging around <laughs> the halls. Not one gay person. You know, I kind of forgot the storyline a little bit, and I was later on 
on when somebody outs someone as gay who is not gay and even if they were gay they fucking outed them fucked up on many levels yeah I was like oh there is a gay character but I was wrong nope I would like to say Lamb Chops who we're about to meet is that her name they call her Lamb Chops okay great I that just looked wrong when I because she's got chops right 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 I thought she was gonna be a lesbian but no I got those vibes well she's the one who calls him a a fruit fly or something. She starts it. Maybe she's projecting. Oh, Maybe she is. Oh, so they are telling a gay story. Just, it doesn't resolve. <laughs> and like, it's not a good story. No. Because <laughs> later on as well, she says some flirty kind of sexy things about wanting Joe, the one you think is a 40-year-old crackhead. Oh, yeah. But it's weird. Like, those don't go anywhere. She just says like one or two things like about how she finds him hot, which also kind of feels like, hey, by the way, I like dick. Exactly. Also, this whole show feels like a Charlie Brown comic because it's just little random <laughs> snippet scenes thrown together. Yeah, it's fast. The whole flow is so weird. It's like boop, 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 boop. Sometimes it goes somewhere. Sometimes it doesn't. I think it has great flow though. Every scene change feels really seamless because you have so many of these performers who are playing instruments and playing them well and playing multiple ones, which is very impressive. Uh -huh. And then you have a ton of people coming in and dancing to change scenes and it feels really seamless and they all feel very uber talented, which makes me happy. Like it felt like the whole thing just flew. It does move quick. So then we get Joe, the 45 year old crackhead, hitting on Carmen, letting us know he's like a ladies man and he's horny, but he keeps, uh, he goes uh, to Carmen, he's like, you're gorgeous. Come here, you're gorgeous, he keeps saying. You're gorgeous, I'm gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, no one says it like that. Even if you have a New York accent, that's not how you say it. Some of these New York accents are hysterical. Yeah, I think you're gorgeous, Grace. <laughs> this smoke break goes out to anyone who feels like they're gonna live forever. Have a drink, have a smoke, but please don't go and dance and sing on top of cars after you do. Party responsibly. We get a lovely ballad called I Want to Make Magic, and it's Nick and Serena, the two acting students. She really likes him, but he's all about the craft, and he just sings this song about, it's it's like the classic I want song. You know what I mean? He just wants to make magic on a stage, baby. And this is the scene where his accent really came <laughs> out. This is actually the only one I really noticed it. For some reason, like this chunk, Yeah, you heard it. He sings so much in this song, whereas later on it's duets and it kind of covered it a little bit more. It felt so bare that his accent really shone in some of these lyrics especially. But maybe he just needed to like warm up and like get into it. I also think he was singing too much. <laughs> I think he was singing it as if it was Raul and Phantom of the Opera. It was so <laughs> theatrical and big. I feel like it could have been more speak sing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's having a conversation with her. But he's a serious actor. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> it was a character choice. And that read. <laughs> <laughs> they go to acting class and they play this game called Truth or Consequences because the acting teacher is one of those acting teachers that's like, tell me about your true life trauma so you can learn to act. Fuck acting teachers like this. That's not necessary and really irresponsible of you and soapbox. But of course, Joe decides to tell them about how he has 
an insatiable boner that never goes away and how it pops out at family functions. Later on, he talks about it coming out in a funeral. Funeral. Because he sees his cousin's tits. This character's crazy. Uh, what did I tell you? He's a crackhead. I have to say this actor, I was stunned. He's very physical, physical actor, kind of like a clown. I thought his voice was so expressive. This song is so one note. It's him constantly saying, I have a boner. I have a boner. Look at my dick. Dick jokes. This guy would be sued in a heartbeat in 2021. This guy, this is Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> For real. For real. It's terrible, but they make it like he's funny and everyone's in on the joke. It's just really inappropriate. But I thought this actor made it really fun. It was a good number. It was entertaining. It doesn't stop though. They reference his dick like every scene he's in. The teacher at one point's like, <laughs> he tells him to get to class, but uses like, for once in your life, make it don't be hard or something like that. Oh. Like he made like a dick joke to him and it was just like, oh, this is so weird. Ew, I didn't notice that. And he gets cast as Romeo later on. He's pissed that he gets cast as Romeo. All he wants to do is talk about his dick and like not do theater. I'm like, why are you in this school right now? And when he's Romeo later on, they give him this massive cod piece to wear. <laughs> this is rehearsal. Why are you wearing that? <laughs> the whole thing is just, it's strange. He also does a lot of other shit in this number. Like he juggles. He's doing kind of break dancing at a certain point. Yeah, I guess that's kind of it. It's a lot. <laughs> it's like that song from Once Upon a Mattress, Shy. <gasps> no, what is the one where she goes, not shy, where she runs around and does all the different, with an F and an R and an E and an D and she does like a thing. And an F R E D friend. Hey. <laughs> That's what this song was like. He's juggling one second and then he's doing this one second. Like. Bitch, you know I also played Fred in high school. So I'm loving these references. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. This is just taking me back. I feel young. I feel like a young little sapling. Oh, I feel old. My back hurts. Oh no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hit this. Oh, God. <laughs> we go to dance class. Oh. We meet seemingly rich, parlez français, Iris Kelly. Tell me she did not look like Megan Fox. Yeah, blonde Megan Fox. Her face looked just like Megan Fox, right? You saw it? Yeah, she's crazy beautiful, this girl. And her character, Iris and Tyrone, get together later on. And wow, they are maybe the most beautiful couple I've ever fucking seen. They are both very sexy. Every scene with them. And they kissed maybe 87 times in this musical. <laughs> Yeah. But I was into it. You guys are really fucking hot. Wow, good for you. And then we meet Mabel. Okay, you want to know who I played? Who? <laughs> who? I played Mabel, bitch. <laughs> oh, you had a role. Yeah. I was happy to get a role, but um, I had a lot of eating issues to begin with. And um, oh, I don't know that this was the healthiest choice for me, but you know, I lived to tell the tale. <laughs> I think this is the most problematic role in the whole fucking show. And there's a strong competition for most problematic thing in this. It is uh -huh. really a problematic show. I mean, this girl is not heavy. No, later on she says she's 138 pounds. But the whole joke is that she's a the world's fattest dancer and the whole time she just wants to eat and they give her this Southern accent. She sounds like this dumb hick who's like, I want to eat cake all the time. And you're like, oh my God, girl. They made her honey boo-boo. They made her honey boo-boo. Who I love. It was terrible. It was really awful. It really was. I have to say, I think this actress is fantastic. There are some cringe lines that Mabel says, because she's supposed to be this comedic relief, but she's ridiculous and the lines aren't actually that funny. So I thought she did very well with what she was given. And I get it. There's a lot of pressure body type in dance. And that is true. But I think there was a better 
way to kind of talk about that than this. Absolutely. And I will say you're right. The actress does make the most of it because she has that stupid ass fucking line when she's like, I'm on a seafood diet. <laughs> I seafood, I eat it. And like everyone knows what that fucking joke is. It's not funny. It's not going to get a laugh. But after she says it, she fucking cracks up at yeah. it. And that's what got me laughing. Yeah. She feels a little bit like a rug rat, like Angelica or like Cynthia. Yeah. And her hair is a little bit like Cynthia's. Yeah. The doll. It's terrible. And there's like a scene where she's trying to steal her friend's vanilla pudding. That yogurt, that looked like shit. And Iris yeah. was eating it like it was a cock. I'm sorry. It was yeah. weird and sexual. Oh she God. was like obsessed with her yogurt. Yeah. I don't get and you it. You know, I love pudding. You know, I love pudding. <laughs> it wasn't pudding, bitch. It was yogurt. Yogurt's it not was... pudding. No. Pudding's good, bitch. I love pudding. I have chocolate pudding in the freezer right now. In the yeah. fridge right now. And I love a Greek yogurt, but I'm not sitting there like creaming to it. No, I do not like Greek yogurt. I eat like a child. I have chocolate pudding. I'm drinking Kool-Aid right now. <laughs> you do eat like a child. I'm like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrone gets this moment. He is our hip-hop dancer. He's really not into doing this ballet dance. And he's like, let me show you what I choreographed, basically. And Miss Bell, the dance teacher, is like, okay, show me what you got. And he does. And she's like, wow, we have a budding choreographer in our midst. So from the start, this teacher is like, I support this student. I've got his back. They have a connection. They have a bond. There's a few moments where he like in his rap or like when he's fighting with Iris or moments where he's talking about like the mean streets or something. And he keeps talking about like the streets of Times Square. (laughs) (laughs) But Times Square was fucked up back in the day. Oh, it probably was back then. Because this was 86. Giuliani didn't Disney-fy it yet. Yeah, exactly. It was like the New York that maybe not quite as intense because that was like the 70s. But did you ever see Taxi? And you got Uh child Jodie Foster as a street sex worker. I shouldn't say sex worker. Really like victim. She was like 13 in that movie. Oh, no. I was thinking of the show Taxi. Oh, what I'm thinking about is Taxi (laughs) Driver. I'm so sorry. I was like... Taxi. Jody Foster was a 30-year-old sex worker in Taxi. <laughs> Isn't that like a sitcom? I'm like with Tony Danza. Tony Danza. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. I wish we could have recorded my face <laughs> during this whole you talking about that because I was so confused. I always do that. Remember that time I was like, do you ever see that scary movie, This Is Us? And you were like, yeah. the Mandy Moore show? <laughs> Um, a certain theme with this show, which is weird, is that, like, these kids come to the school but don't want to do the work that's assigned. Tyrone doesn't want to learn ballet, and Shlomo, he's the opposite. He doesn't (laughs) feel comfortable doing rock because he only knows Bach. But he wants to do rock. Like, he wants to be in a band with Lamb Chops and this other musician boy, but he feels torn, I feel. They all just need to chill and just try different things. They're all very, like, I do this and this is my thing. And it's like, you guys got to relax a little bit. Like, take the ballet class. It'll help you. It's a workout. It's a free workout. (laughs) It does feel kind of accurate to being a 14-year-old in high school, though. Making one aspect of your personality, like, this is who I am. There is that kind of drama when you're 14. Uh Uh-huh. That is accurate. Yeah. So we go back to Tyrone and Iris. She's pissed at him. Arguing. She hits him in the dick. She hits him in the dick. He's like, I am working hard. And then he takes out his hat and puts 
puts his hat on backwards, you know, like something's about to happen. We get Tyrone's <laughs> rap because she's like, listen, you need a better attitude. And he's like, listen, do you see any black people in ballet? I'm from the streets. My life is hard. And he has a point. They both have points. Points were made. It's intense. She's gobsmacked by what he has to tell her about the mean streets of Times Square. Yeah. And then she's like, well, I have something to tell you. I'm not rich. He's like, well, you pull up in a limo. She's like, well, my dad drives a limo for a living. So they have a lot in common. Oh, she's like, I don't have money, so I've never experienced things. <laughs> I've never had a boyfriend. I've never been kissed. And I'm like, wait, what? It's like they had to get to them kissing and they didn't give a shit about figuring out how. These scenes are so insane. She's like, I have no money, I, so I've never been kissed. No, that's not why. It's because dance is her whole life. It's all she has. And because she's committed so much of her time and energy to it, she's never even had a boyfriend. She's never even been kissed. Listen, that's not how I saw that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was so quick. I was like, oop. And he's like, well, I can help you with that. <laughs> I love that though. We find out what she wants really badly. Her character, she wants to be kissed, bitch. That's her objective. And throughout the show, uh-huh. she gets kissed 87 times. I'm proud of the character of Iris. Yeah. Make your dreams come true. She did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just storyline over. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, they could have held out to the end and have them kiss at the end, but nope. They did that first scene, got it out of the way. and then- <laughs> Yeah. They pretty much had no more conflict with each other. Well, we get that with another couple, okay? Oh, gosh. Don't get me started. <laughs> okay, we get more fat shaming. Oh, no. Carmen's yelling at... um Mabel. Mabel. Telling her she's got to stop eating. And Mabel's like, what's your secret, Carmen? Because you're svelte. Carmen's like, I take diet pills. Just really openly. She's like, they're great. I take uppers in the morning. I don't even have to eat. So they were planting the seed. She does drugs. Diet pills <laughs> then were very fucking crazy. They were like speed. I mean, they still are. Like that. Yeah, that's true, actually. Do you know what I think happens? Spoiler alert. I think she goes from the diet pills to Coke mm-hmm. when things are glamorous in LA. And then when she's desperate at the end and a total mess, I think that's when she's taking crack. Yeah. I feel like that progression does make sense. She probably got the crack from Joe. <laughs> How fucking dare you? That crackhead. Justice for character Joe. (laughs) He's just really horny, okay? (laughs) Harvey Weinstein. Calm down. Stop moving so much. And stop talking about your dick. Just that last part for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I forget even what teacher it is, but she has an argument with the teachers that she wants to go to an audition. And he's like, no, you can't. Like, just go. You don't really need his permission. Like, how would he know? Yeah, but that's the thing in a lot of schools where you're not allowed to audition. Wait, but like... We didn't have that in mind. Okay, I'm just not going to come to school that day and say I'm... I'm sick. I have sick days. And if you don't get it, they'll never know. And if you get it, bye. Yeah, exactly. It just seemed like a non-issue to me. So she's like, fuck y'all. I'm (laughs) going to be a star. Fuck y'all. First of all, this girl's unbelievable. Oh my God. She is honestly one of the most talented people I've ever watched. This number and her act two ballad, she's like a different fucking character. I honestly believe she was fucking drugged out. It was unreal. The vocals are phenomenal. The dancing is phenomenal. She's absolutely beautiful. She's like playing these really extreme things as characters going through really believably in this cartoonish show. And not everyone else is believable. No. But she fucking, I buy every word she said. Yeah, let's look her up. Let's give her props. Stephanie Rojas. I'm gonna Instagram her. You should. Tell her we love her. I'm gonna ask her if she also does portraits. (laughs) 
Wow, Stephanie Rojas, you're killer, girl. We're big fans. We love you. Oh my God, I found her Instagram and she's hearing impaired. Oh, wow. I love her. I love her too. Go girl. Go girl, go girl. Carmen is obsessed with fame. So this audition is very important to her. It's for Anita in West Side Story. And she's like, listen, everybody, I'm gonna make it. I'm a star. And we get There She Goes slash the titular song, Fame. It's such a good song. You can't fucking not love it when it starts. That I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you can't not feel that way. That's a great workout song. Uh-huh. You should listen to Hot Lunch Jam. <laughs> While I'm running, just like, bologna, ham, peas. <laughs> Actually, you have to listen to it after this. I'm going to make you listen to it. Because you got to experience <laughs> I it. I can't wait. And then after this, like, fucking awesome song where the vocals are killer and the character's believable and you're so invested, we jump to this next scene with Nick and Serena. <laughs> Thing one and thing two. (laughs) (laughs) You're so savage. Also, another thing is that when act two happens, it's junior year. So act one is like freshman and and sophomore year. We don't know when they change. There'll be a conflict in a scene. And then in the next scene, nothing's resolved. We're still in the middle of it. But it's like junior year now. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys didn't solve this in two years. (laughs) You're still having the same conversation. Like it's so crazy. That's a really good point. But I'm thinking too much about it. It happens a few times. Yeah. They just spent like six months really awkward around each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess that shit does happen sometimes though. It's very like soap opera in that way. You know what I mean? Like how in a Shonda Rhimes show, how the tension builds. Yeah. But this is like one conversation, (laughs) like paused years later. Just word for word (laughs) straight after. It's like, hey, I'm mad at you. And then two years later, hey, could we talk about (laughs) (laughs) About what happened last year on January 3rd? It's like, you guys haven't seen each other since then? <laughs> so they're picking a scene. Nick sees that Serena's carrying his headshot in his bag. Yeah, he's pissed. And he's like, you've been carrying this around for a year? Why did he give it to her? Why? What? I have so many questions, girl. Why'd he give it to her? Put it under your bed at least, girl. (laughs) Why are you carrying it around? She's like jerking off at school to it. (laughs) Did she like, can I go to the restroom, like go into the stall and just like take out his headshot and just like fucking go to town? What is happening? This girl's a psycho. Wait, what song is next? This is, um, let's play a love scene. Yeah, so he's like, please stop carrying my headshot around. (laughs) There is nothing that motivates her to sing this song right now. Let's play a love scene. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> he doesn't give her anything back. He has made no advances to her. He has not given her a little hint that he is interested in her. Okay, but she's not really saying be romantic with me. She's saying because they keep doing these scenes where he wants her to play like an old lady or all these different characters that aren't accurate. She's like, why don't we do a love scene? Like it's for acting class. The first line of the song is we always seem to be sister and brotherly. But we could still act like we're gonna fuck. But she's crying in the song. <laughs> This girl's has a mental breakdown. She's not talking about the scene. <laughs> this girl's crazy. Because the lines between work and reality blend. She they- guilts this man to make him feel bad. That he doesn't want to be with her. He's just trying to chill. He's trying to do his work. No, listen. I don't think she should push it. No means no. Means no means no. But she's kind of still acting under the guise of that it's about class. Look, she can be like, hey, let's try to do a more romantic scene. That's fine. But 
like my notes like girl get up <laughs> she collapses yeah. at the end like she her body breaks <laughs> down that was a shocking moment when she fell to the ground i was like what the hell is going on how did this scene turn to this <laughs> so quick it reminds me of you oh! <laughs> <laughs> like you would be a great serena <laughs> maybe i am a serena and that's why i'm so angry because i see the things yeah you're being confronted because i'm very dramatic with relationships i'm actually <laughs> still working on that okay we're learning about wow. ourselves <laughs> something just clicked something really Really just, this is what we call a breakthrough. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. This is like um, Dr. Drew's podcast. It is. <laughs> I'm Dr. Drew. Should this be the last episode? Like I figured myself out and now we just. <laughs> We've done it. That was the aim of this whole project like every season you start a podcast with someone else <laughs> and they think it's about something but you're really trying to work out their issue <laughs> oh my god i'm an undercover therapist yeah who just wants to do good in the world you don't even smoke weed you don't know anything <laughs> about theater you just research it every week to have things to talk about to secretly work out the issues and then meanwhile it's a podcast within a podcast because i'm clearly a psychopath to be able to pull that off so then a podcast is made about me being a genuine psycho. Sarah Koenig from Serial can do it about you. I'm like the new Elizabeth, the one who made Theranos. Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes? I'm listening to the podcast right now too. You know, I'm obsessed with that. It's such a great story, man. It's wild. She's such an interesting character. When people who know her and they're like, she never talked like that. That's the craziest thing. Her voice is one of the craziest aspects of the entire thing. It is so fake. That she's faking is so fucking crazy. But I love it in a way like, Go girl, give us villain. Right. <laughs> um, so next we have a little cute scene between Carmen and Shlomo. They're a cute couple. They're a cute couple. This is the one that feels most genuine. The connection between them and the backstory of the characters feels richer than the other relationships for me. Absolutely. And I remember our Carmen um, was- The ginger. I want to say the ginger. She was like, <laughs> I want to say like junior or senior in high school. And I think our Shlomo was a little younger younger so I think they cut out any romantic moments between them because when I was watching this, I was like I don't remember those two <laughs> characters getting together and they like definitely do I love how much they change musicals when you do them in middle school like just don't do that musical yeah right don't do fame I mean don't do a show where they have a song about erections I can't <laughs> believe that happened I can't believe my grandma came to see that yeah oh my god your grandma was uncomfortable it's fucking crazy <laughs> do Seussical <laughs> yeah I did Seussical in high school twice. It's a great show for the youth. I would see Seussical every day. And meanwhile, Seussical's brilliant because Maisie's storyline is kind of PG-13 when you actually pay attention to it, but it hides in the Dr. Seuss world. It goes over kids' heads and not in a gross way of like, this song's about boners, but they don't know what boners are, so it's going over their head. They still get that Maisie's just like, fuck this, I want a party when she leaves. Uh -huh. They don't need to really understand that she's pregnant and abandoning her egg. You know what right. I mean? Genius. Seussical's genius. I love Seussical. Okay, so yeah. I did it at this theater I worked at a few years ago. I was Horton, but they had this new so thing cute. where they were like, hey, we want to do a production where we combine the children's theater and the adult company. <gasps> so they asked a couple of the actors from the adult company to do it with the kids. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And I always wanted to do Seussical. I love Seussical. That's great. I think that's really cute in theory. Yeah. So I was Horton and they cast one of the children as... <gasps> Gertrude McFuzz. Why did they do that? Girl, I gotta tell you, it was awkward for me. It was awkward for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> 
<laughs> what is that man doing with my 14 year old? This grown ass man. It was so uncomfortable. That's People not do right. the craziest fucking things in theater. Like the things oh, that have been on stage is just so fucking wild. And we would love to have that 14 year old on the podcast to talk about how traumatizing it was. I could probably get her. We're Facebook friends. <laughs> you guys have friends. a special bond. <laughs> Insane. Oh God. Okay. So Carmen writes the words to Shlomo's song. And they are bonding over it. It's really sweet. Uh-huh. Bring on tomorrow, it's called. She's going to sing in the band with him and Lamb Chop and that other boy. And they share a sweet kiss at the end. They do share a sweet kiss. Before that happens, though, <laughs> when they're like talking about their lives, Carmen has a line that says, I could win a Grammy and my mother would still call me a slut. And Shlomo's just like, whoa. You could tell he's like, I don't know what the fuck to say to that. Right. <laughs> I guess we really need to know that Carmen does not have a strong support system, but Carmen doesn't know yet not to share that with a, a new acquaintance. Look, there's no like um, pussyfooting. Is that the word? I love that <laughs> word. Yes, it is. <laughs> they, they don't like ease you into oh, she has a bad life. She comes right out and says, yeah, my mother calls me a slut. Like they get right to it. <laughs> They're like, we got too many characters, too many scenes. We don't have time to smoothly transition into this information. We're letting you know. My mother said I could win a Grammy and I, she still called me a slut. This musical has like 15 characters that all have different character arcs. Almost everyone has a vocal moment or a dance solo. They did what they had to. Those stories got told. <laughs> they did. Justice for fame. Justice for fame. <laughs> I'm the one bashing it and I'm saying justice for fame. <laughs> So Tyrone failed English this year and he can't do the festival. And we're hearing little things that he failed because um, he can't read. And and to be honest, throughout the course of this musical, Miss Sherman is really weird about that. Later on, she's like, I think you have dyslexia. She really comes at it from a place of tough love. And I keep just being like, can we get a scene where she takes him aside by himself and talks to him about it privately? Yeah, but she doesn't know he can't read yet, correct? She just thinks oh. he's a slacker. Oh, okay. And I think her main issue is why am I such a Miss Sherman protector? All of his <laughs> essays are like irises. He's just copying right. her work and handing it in. How is he doing that if he's, I don't know, I shouldn't get into that. Right. Don't think too much. Yeah. <laughs> just abandon that thought. Because no one knows he can't read. He's keeping it a secret. And that actually makes Miss Sherman's storyline richer because at first she comes at it from tough love, but later on gets really tough in not a cool way and then has this moment of I am an educator. I'm so lucky to be that. I, I love what I do and I need to like be a good one to this student so that actually yeah yeah, yeah. thank you for that you illuminated she part of the thought story. he was a slacker and didn't give a shit and then she, when once she realizes what the situation is and what mm. she's working with and that this boy needs help He's not just being a dick. Yeah, I'll stop hitting him now. But it also <laughs> makes sense with him because he, that's why he comes off with this attitude right away. Because yeah. he's covering up for that fact and he's trying to cover with a big personality and it all makes sense. I don't care is easier to project than like, I don't understand. Wow. It's stronger. This is I gotta deep. tell you, the character work in Fame <laughs> is just unbelievable. It's a good musical. It's problematic as fuck, but I think it's good. No, I'm having a wonderful time. Okay, this dance teacher comes in while Tyrone and Iris are dancing and she gives that fucking annoying artistic teacher fluffy language criticism not criticism like notes that make no sense she tells them to dance their dance needs
needs to be like fire and ice. She doesn't give them anything constructive. Yeah. She doesn't explain what that means. It's like when Foo-foo. you're in acting class and the, the teacher's just like, make it more organic. Could you be a little more specific? That's acting not actionable. Suck. That's not a note. Suck. Yeah. I have never used a exercise I used in acting. Like I've never done any of that shit. I think it's because most of the acting teachers are trash. <laughs> no offense. Right. <laughs> I probably won't keep that in. <laughs> I've had so many more shitty teachers than I've had those few that really made me like, whoa, I think I got something. You know what I mean? No, I hear you. So... <sighs> Sherman comes in, she says, you can't do the festival, and the two teachers go at it. Your favorite song, Teacher's Argument. It's my argument. favorite fucking song. It's a good song. The dance teacher's saying, this boy is special, you need to give him a chance, and Sherman, at this point, not knowing that he can't read, is just like, these kids need to have an education. Education's important. They need to know how to, to read and write and do all that shit. And I understand where she's coming from. I agree. She's like, we can't fail him. If he doesn't make it in dance, he needs to have a life. Yeah. And that's how Carmen was. Carmen was only like I only want fame I don't give a shit mm-hmm. about anything else and maybe she learned some of those other why doesn't Miss Sherman give lessons. a fuck about Carmen look I'm gonna say that at the end at the end when they're all hugging each other but unless you're in the story with these people then no one else interacts they're all hugging and crying at the end I'm like you have never seen you guys together before there's never a hangout there's never like oh talk to this person and this you're in the person you're in the story with <laughs> that's so true this other character leaves school gets hooked on drugs and like Miss Sherman doesn't give two fucks she doesn't even fucking know her it doesn't seem like it's on her storyline <laughs> the dance teacher's like listen tyrone's an artist you need to give him a break miss sherman's like he failed english he can do summer school and if he passes then he can do the dance festival next year which is a great compromise i think that's wonderful and good she didn't teaching. have to do that yeah. yeah and um so everyone agrees tyrone's pissed at first but he does it later on so you know, it happens. It's very dramatic how he walks out. I thought he was saying no to it. Me too. But then you see him in it. So it's like, he's oh, I guess he's- next scene in act two. He's there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he came to his senses. <laughs> but like Tyrone storming out after that. And then she's like, everyone is here to do work. And everyone's like, work. <laughs> work it's like very intense so it's weird that he's like okay i'll do that and we still get this tense moment at the end the reprise of hard work closes act one it is dramatic it must be the end of sophomore year they're right in the middle of their high school experience and they're feeling the pressure yeah you know i mean junior years when you start looking at colleges hello we're in act two act two baby so now it's junior year and we open with a small vignette of Carmen scoring drugs on the street. Yeah, she ain't doing well. But meanwhile, it appears then, because we open into the junior festival that we've been chatting about that Tyrone is going to dance in, it appears that Carmen got drugs like right before places of the show. Yeah, she's tweaked out for her performance. She needs to schedule that better. Well, she can't. She's an addict. She needs it to get through the day. Drug dealers are notoriously not beholden to a schedule. What if she can't make places? Girl, this was the 80s. (laughs) You had a call and like meet your drug dealer. Oh my God. Good point. It was a different time. Well, blessed. I was one years old in 1986, (laughs) by the way. I don't know why I'm talking like... It was colonial times. I know how this worked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But she's a mess. She's messing up the dance routine. She's taking liberties and doing stuff that is not rehearsed. The Junior Festival is kind of weird. Different songs we've heard already are being performed like they're part of the festival. So it's like Nick and Serena singing Let's Play a Love Scene. You have when this big 
group dance is happening. It's a reprisal of There She Goes, Carmen's song from earlier. So it's a little like show within a show, lit dance break. Basically everyone's in it. I really enjoyed watching Shlomo dance his face off because that actor plays multiple instruments in the show. He acts very convincingly. He sings well uh-huh. and he fucking danced his face off. I was like, work, quadruple threat. There was one guy who plays like, um, he's a band guy too. And he was dancing up a storm, a big tall guy. I was like, damn, super talented. Yeah, very into it. At one point in the dance, Carmen leaves. What's that about? She's just unstable. I think they're just trying to show that she's just like all over the place. I didn't understand what motivated her to leave. Drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) she literally leaves. And then 15 seconds later comes back in and does the final pose. It was weird. I was like, just have her leave. Just have her be in the next scene. Because then in the next scene, she's like, I'm pissed at the acting teacher. He always gives me shit. He doesn't think I'm real. He thinks she's just obsessed with fame. And it's like, girl, you are. Who cares? But like, don't act like he's saying a lie. And Shlomo's like really sweet to her. Shlomo can get it. He's so sweet and adorable and loving to her even when she's difficult. I love him. Yeah. I thought Shlomo was one of the better actors too. Mm. I thought he was great. I loved all their scenes together. He was probably my favorite guy. The two of them together were like my favorite scenes to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's two years later and Sherman and Tyrone are still having this fight. It took her that long to realize, oh, maybe he can't read. Yeah. They're they're still in the same spot. Nothing has changed. (laughs) Serena and Nick are still having this weird, she wants to be with him. It's so awkward. He just wants to focus on acting, but she's like, don't worry, I'm going to be more serious this year. I, I, you know, I'm really sorry. And then she finds out she's playing Juliet. Exciting. I don't know how she got it. And Joe got Romeo, like we said earlier. So then we get back on this case where Serena's just like baffled that Nick doesn't want to be with her. She can't fathom the fact that he's just not interested. But also Lamb Chops instigates. Yeah. So Lamb Chops comes out and she's like, oh, you don't want to be with that fruity toots anyway. Homophobic. And that's when she's like, oh, that's why he doesn't want to be with me. He must be gay. It also takes her about a hundred years to be like, what do you mean? A homosexual? Right. Like, bitch, this is their house. It's so strange. Even at this time period. Yeah, like it's the late 80s. It's just so crazy to me. They would use a gay character as that for that sort of plot point and make it like a negative. It's so strange. And it's not like anybody says like, oh, it a gay but it's like her shock at it lamb chop just fucking outing him calling him a calling him anything a fruity toot just like a little more sensitivity in like how it was said would even go a long way i think you know what i mean yeah it was weird they just needed her angry for think of meryl streep this song this song's hysterical they needed her pissed (laughs) and they they were like oh he'll be gay and she's mad about that like it's so crazy this girl's nuts what yeah what is she actually mad at that he's gay or that she fell in love with a gay guy but it's just so weird because she's like immediately angry and then she's like use it in your acting like Meryl Streep like how did you get there girl he has done nothing bad to her except not want to date her he's been a good friend he's been respectful he's trying to work hard yeah this came out of nowhere that she's so pissed like angry at him (laughs) the the end of the song is her in a weird voice and I could just kill him like it's so strange I could just do a hate crime is basically what she said yeah what the fuck this girl is nuts. You know what I missed and I'm glad it's back is more fat shaming. Oh no. <laughs> this is where it hits its peak. This is the peak. It's where it's it's the worst. Mabel's complaining she can't lose weight. 
She sings a song about the world's fattest dancer. It's called Mabel's Prayer. But there's not even like a good lesson that comes at the end. Like it ends with her going, I'm too fat to be a dancer. I'm moving to acting. Yeah, I wish instead it was like, listen, I love myself. Fuck you guys. Watch yeah. me dance. Because she's a sick dancer, that actress as well. In ensemble moments, she gets great dancing moments and kills it. Yeah, it should have been like, this is my body. I love the way I look and watch this. And she like outdances all of them. That is literally such a better storyline. We need to email the fame writers, whoever owns this, and be like, we have an edit for you. I think there's good bones here. I think every storyline needs to be updated to a more modern and politically correct view. And you know what? I think that is justice for fame. That's giving fame- That is justice for fame. The justice it deserves because there are parts of it that are spectacular and there are parts of it that make me want to crawl in a hole and die. I think we're both saying the same thing, but differently. Yeah. I'm just coming at it with more like hype man optimism. And I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> you're real water sign in it out right now. The outrage. <laughs> And I'm like fire sign vibing. Because there are parts that I love and I want it all to be, because it all could be as awesome as those scenes. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's part of what's <laughs> fun about watching this. It's like a roller coaster of, wow, I love this song. This number's fun. Oh, that's hysterical and crazy. And then just like, whoa, I don't know. That feels so icky. I'm scared. You know? Yeah. That. Okay, life is hard sometimes, just like Joe's dick. And you know what you have to do about that? You have to take a hit. Smoke break! I'm gonna live forever. So, Carmen drops out of school. Yeah, sad. Sad. Shalomo is the last to hear about it. And she says she's leaving to work in LA with a talent scout, but she barely knows him. It's bummer. It's bummer city. You know what? That reads, though, because when I came out, my best friend was the last person I told. Oh, really? Sometimes it's like, the closest person to use the hardest one and by that time like she heard it from everyone like everyone fucking knew and she came up to me she was like hey you know <laughs> <laughs> so i get her slow-mo being the last one to know that actually reads to me you know what is the best britney spears song what don't let me be the last to know don't hold back just let it go that song is lit and that's totally about, about that this song. yeah oh my god that music video she's like topless in a tree she's always topless now <laughs> in a tree <laughs> She usually buy a tree. She was outside <laughs> pushing the boobies together. I love it. I saw a post she put up the other day where she was like, this is my ass. <laughs> that was the caption. She's like, I don't give a fuck. This is my ass. Fuck all y'all. Okay. This next scene is out of control. Oh. The Miss Sherman oh. and Tyrone fight. You're right about that. I was like, holy shit. They start going at it like normal and you're like, okay, it's going to be like that kind of scene again. Then he says the N-word and then he calls her a bitch and then she slaps him. I audibly gasped. All three of those moments, I gasped. Yeah, that's true. Each one was like a progressively larger gasp. I understand where they were trying to get the scene to, but I don't think it needed all that. Especially when you see fame is coming to town or they're doing fame the musical. I would bring children to that. I'd be like, it's like a grease. It's like a footloose. <laughs> You know, it's not like a- <laughs> But you should research things before bringing your children, Mikey. I just think that the rest of the show is family friendly. Is it family friendly? That dick song? I guess you're right. <laughs> but it could be family friendly if they cut those tooth. I don't or think the dick Carmen joke- what about Carmen and her crack? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess I feel like you can bring children to see it because we were children doing it. Honestly, that makes sense. You'd make that connection. <laughs> I 
there were just inappropriate adults that had us doing this musical. I think hearing <laughs> I Can't Keep It Down, maybe it will go over the kid's head. I think the stuff in this scene, it's not going over anyone's head. Yeah, like, that's a good point. It was so intense. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And it's all because he's reading a comic book in class and she's like, oh, okay, why don't you read it out loud? Excuse me, Miss Sherman. You're kind of thinking, oh, he can't read. Like, this is when you know her wheels are turning, that he can't read. Uh-huh. Girl, don't do that in front of the whole class. But also, don't be a dick and take out your comic book in the middle of class. At least put it in another book. Ugh, listen. He starts it. He comes at her. These characters. He starts it every time. <laughs> but he's trying to project cool guy. I don't care vibe, so no one figures him out. We've discussed this. Okay, well, she's cool, and she's from the streets, too, and she's going to bring it right back to him. And she proves that every time. <laughs> I love Miss Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Actually, controversial opinion. She's my favorite character. This school <laughs> is a mess, but then this transition is such a mess. Dancing on the sidewalk. I guess it's him saying, listen, I might end up dancing on the sidewalk, but I get great joy doing that. I'm the king of New York when I do that. So, yeah, let's party. And there's desk choreo. It really takes you out of how intensely upsetting that last moment was that now we have like the longest dance song in the whole piece. Well, the thing that's weird to me is that she slaps him, she leaves, they do this dance number, and then she comes back and the scene continues right away. I feel like we could have just finished that scene and moved on. Like, it's just weird. It's true. It's true. I feel like we didn't need it. No, but we did because it was too, we needed a break. We needed to come back to these difficult feelings. We're going to have get in so many fights when we do our remade version of Fame. We're going to really put our all into it. Yeah, I only want to work on the Miss Sherman scenes. <laughs> <laughs> when I write my Miss Sherman, Miss Darbus prequel oh series God. of them growing up together. <laughs> Imagine that's our duo Halloween outfits. Oh my God. Everyone would be like, who are you? Are you Mrs. Doubtfire and what? <laughs> <laughs> So then they have this like nice moment then where she comes back in. It's just him in the room. She's like, can you read it all? She apologizes to him. And she's like, I think you have dyslexia. And she promises she will personally help him. He's not into it. But in the end, they kind of are like, okay. And she gives us one of the best numbers in the whole thing. It's called These Are My Children. This woman is such a fucking star. I love her voice. It's so raspy. It's not theater perfect, but it's strong and it's interesting and emotive and she can riff her face off. It's so fucking good. Well, and I feel like the style that she is known for is not this. And I would love to hear her do what she does best. I mean, she sounded great and she was yeah. good, but I could tell like, she's got that raspy rocker voice and I, I bet like, yeah. We have to deep dive into her stuff uh what's her name again micah paris yeah she was unreal she holds a note in the end for like a whole minute it was so long <laughs> okay then we move on to romeo and juliet rehearsals i mean they're doing this romeo and juliet scene and joe does like let holy palmers do what hands do whatever the line is and then he does like uh a jerk off gesture with his hand and with her, with hand, her hand he grabs serena's hand joe. it's just gross Absolutely it's not funny not. and joe's like i can't do it i don't want to do romeo so nick steps in they do the scene and then he's like i feel like i'm seeing you for the first time and i'm like why why because she's doing shakespeare why they've been rehearsing for 
months. The Shakespeare really turns him on. But it's not like the first time she was in her costume. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just like it comes out of nowhere. Serena and Nick could be cut from the whole show, honestly, and I'd be okay. <laughs> you don't even need it. I actually don't even think it's the actor's fault. No, me neither. It's written so sloppy and just, we needed like a guy-girl romance that works <laughs> out, you know? And like <laughs> With a touch of homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> and then he lays a big kiss on her in the middle of the scene, and then she gives him one back. They're really into it, and that acting teacher's like, who believed that kiss? And everyone's like, we all did. So then the acting teacher's like, okay, Joe, you don't have to play Romeo anymore. It's gonna be this guy, Nick. But it's like, yeah, of course they believed it. They're just like getting horny in front of all you guys. They weren't acting anymore. They were yeah. they were getting into also, it. Also, like you guys have been rehearsing. This is a dress rehearsal. He knows another part. You guys are gonna learn the other tracks now? It's a lot of work. Like Nick was Mercutio. So now he has to learn Romeo in a day? Like it just does not make sense. You're in costumes already. You've done fittings. The costume has to do different costumes now. Resize. Joe is eight feet tall. <sighs> not realistic. Iris and Tyrone are fighting. She feels used because he's been using her work to get by. But he's like, listen, Miss Sherman has helped me. Listen to me read. I can read a bit more now. So she's super proud of him. And then they have this beautiful like pas de deux. It's very sweet. Yeah, they're really gorgeous. It's just a beautiful dance scene. They're beautiful. They're happy. And we're approaching the end, the graduation. This kind of puts a bow on their storyline. Totally. This is how they end up. He's learned to read. She forgives them and they're happy. Yeah, totally. And you know who's not happy is Carmen. She bumps into Shlomo and Joe. Yeah, and the band. On the street. This girl transformed. She really did. She's so gorgeous and she looks sick in the scene. My roommate came in when we were watching the ending and she was like, wow, this girl's good. I was like, you don't understand. Like in act one, she's fucking smoking. She's so hot. She's unbelievable. And we love a gorgeous actress that's not afraid to get ugly. The best. Yeah. It was really yeah. inspiring. It was so raw. It was such a beautiful scene because this is her doing in LA. Everyone comes in. Everyone's concerned. They see her on the street. She looks like shit. She's back from California. She starts singing about what LA has been like. It's depressing. Everyone's awkward. They all leave except for Shlomo. I was crying. Her performance is so heartbreaking. That moment at the end where he's singing, he loves her. He's always there for her. And she like just asks for money. Yeah. You want to believe that she's saying she loves him too, but you know she's saying whatever... She needs to say to get that money from him. Oh, God. Her desperation. Yeah. She's a fucking star. And then she uses that money right away to get more drugs. Ooh, I also love in the end of the song where she's singing the peak of the emotional bits of the end of the song behind that fence. I thought it was a really nice yeah. use of like, it's a pretty bare stage. They don't really have much going on in the way of props or anything. And I thought it was really effective. And she she sings that after Shlomo and all of them leave. She just took money from this man who cares so much about her for drugs and she sees all these people who are doing all these great things in their lives and that could have been her if she just Listened, stuck yeah. with it. So to have that moment of her like belting that out and, and clawing at that fence is like shit. Such a good moment. Honestly, this is worth it to watch just to watch that scene, that song. Also, of course, as they're all leaving, fucking they give Mabel that line when she goes, don't forget to eat. Girl. To her. Like Mabel, there's more to your personality. It's so fucking bad. It's so offensive. Like this beautiful fucking scene, they had to make like a food joke there. They were like light in the mood. I know the funny fat girl who we don't give any funny lines to and isn't fat, but we just keep calling fat. Yeah. It's weird. It's hard to watch. Okay. So after that masterpiece, <laughs> we go back 
to Nick and Serena. <laughs> they don't really even need the scene, in my opinion. It's just them doing a reprise. Like, I love you, baby. Didn't they get together before? Yeah. <laughs> they, their story's done. Why do we need another scene of them singing love scene reprise? Yeah, like in their prom dresses. Oh, no, he's not in a dress. And they make another joke about him being gay. It's like, listen, you guys should be ashamed of that, like, whole experience. Yeah. God, I would not want to be a gay kid at this school right now. They torture oh, them. Oh, do you know what, though? I'm thinking back to her being pissed and singing Think of Meryl Streep. I feel like in the end, they make it that she's pissed that he has no sex drive. The drummer girl says he's gay, right? And then Serena confronts him about it. And he's like, I'm not gay. And then he's like, you know, like, excuse me, like, I'm not obsessed with sex like all you guys. And then she shames him about that. And then it's presumably that she's pissed that she fell for the one guy without a sex drive. But it's like, okay, but that's also fucked up. It was like they kind of introduced this other thing so it was less offensive. You know what I mean? So it's actually that she's pissed that he just doesn't want to fuck. And it's like, okay, some people aren't sexual. We don't need to shame them either. It's not good. Uh, maybe he had trauma. Yeah, but, like, uh, Maybe he's just not into you. Yeah, <laughs> he's just not that into you. It's okay. It is okay. There's always someone that's going to be into you, no matter what. God, I bet Joe will do it. He's always talking about his dick. Yeah. God, these kids. So they're like about to graduate. They're all like partying. But now let's get sad. It is graduation. Shlomo introduces the senior song, talks about how Carmen helped write it and how she passed a month ago of a drug overdose, which is a little TMI at the graduation ceremony. You could just say she passed away. Yeah, you don't give people's cause of death. It's not like, cool. Like that's not something that happens. Obituaries don't even put that. You know what I mean? They just like this person passed. That's Shlomo's one boo-boo he does in the whole thing. Yeah. Everyone else does a lot of boo-boos, so. Yeah, I think we would have knew why she died. They made that pretty clear with her clawing at the fence. Bring on tomorrow reprise. He plays the piano alone on the stage. The beautiful Carmen comes out, but she's in the shadows, like watching him, like a beautiful ghost. Ghost Carmen. Spooky. Yeah, she never really does step into the light, does she? She's always like, yeah. ooh, I love that actually. I love great lighting that helps tell the story. I think that's something that gets lost a lot when you do musicals to movies sometimes. Like sometimes you're like, well, why doesn't that work now in the movie? And it's like, oh, lighting really helped tell that on stage. Uh-huh. We love you, light people. We love you, light people. What are they called? Lighting designers. Lighting designers. We love you. Um, I love a good spot op. I love all my light workers. Okay, and then they all come out and they're all hugging each other like they're the best friends that ever been. Half of these kids were interacted. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. <laughs> it is. It's good. It's really sad. I think it captured really well this bittersweet vibe of graduation, of being excited for what's next, but heartbroken that this time's over with your friends. Because it's never the same after. Yeah, it's never the same. I thought it was nice. It was like Vitamin C's graduation song. Like it got me Ooh. there. Wait, do you remember this song? It always gave me the creeps and it actually came on the radio the other day and I in the middle of the night and I had to turn it off. What is it? It's the wear sunscreen. Yeah, that famous graduation speech. Oh God, it's so creepy and they have like the <laughs> music behind it. It's There's something about it that feels very like cult like I don't like that I'm confused because you talk about cults so much I think you love them no I'm scared of them oh so you're just trying to really educate yourself so you know the signs yeah uh huh I wish there could be a good cult I think the problem with cults is oh. in theory <laughs> <laughs> I 
in theory, cults could be great. Oftentimes it starts because there's all these people who are like, I just really want to live in a different type of world because this one we have is so broken. Let's make our own community, which is beautiful. The problem is psychopaths and narcissists and actually dangerous people always find ways to manipulate them. But a lot of cults have really well-meaning people in them who then get sucked up in it through a lot of different tactics. And it's really heartbreaking. I think it's good to have like clubs and groups and stuff. <laughs> but when you start making your own rules and start tattooing each other and shit. Something's gotta give, something's gotta give. <laughs> we get the bows and then the party starts. Okay, bitch, first of all, these bows are the party. Everyone uh -huh. does their own bow, basically. It's sick, it looks great, dancing, it's fierce. But then we get the f fame, I could get that word out, fame reprise. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we get Carmen back, looking gorgeous looking beautiful. Giving us this reprise as like the Carmen fantasy, the pop star that she was meant to be before she got derailed. Wait, I wonder if she's in shadow because they don't want her to see her fame outfit for the finale that's about to happen. Maybe that's it. <laughs> they fixed her makeup. They don't want you to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's incredible. But then she's like, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Sherman. I forget her real life name. <laughs> Micah Paris. <laughs> and she comes out Ms. in Sherman. this fucking blue sparkly dress. She looks mm. amazing. She sounds Sounds amazing. I loved it. And her choices are so cool. Her riffs are really fantastic. Yeah. What is it about these kind of shows like Mamma Mia and stuff like at the end when the bows, you get so fucking pumped and like, it's just the best feeling. Yeah. It leaves you in the best mood. Cause I think that's a genius thing about fame is like, it's actually a really sad story because of Carmen, but you end up vibing so hard. Yeah. I want to dance on a car, man. I want to dance on a car too. My ass would fall. <laughs> How did you break your leg? I was dancing on a car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not going on no car. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that made me sad about this is Micah doesn't ever get her own bow. Everyone else did. She didn't because she came out and sang and then they all bow together. But then I was like, wait, that's true diva shit. She said, I don't need to. You guys know I was the star of this shit. Yeah, she was above the bow. Ooh, be above the bow. I want that on a t-shirt. Okay, that's great. Also, I would love to be about that because I'm so awkward at bows. I would love to not do them because sometimes I feel like I discredit my entire performance by how bad I am at bowing. We were talking about that on, on the Liza with the Z episode with Solomon because he hates bowing too. Yeah. I love it. I love it. In theory, I love it. I love watching them. I'm always so mm -hmm. proud of everyone. But while I'm physically doing it, I feel so awkward. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. That's a show. Yeah. Even though I talked a lot of shit, I still had a fucking blast. I had so much fun watching this. This was a good time. It gave me back to school vibes. Oh, yeah. We were going to say we were <laughs> doing this for back to school. We didn't even mention that. That was the whole reason. You know what? <laughs> I think they get it. Yeah, they get it. Yeah. We need to expect our audience to be as smart as I know they are. I'll put it on the Instagram, too. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case they're dumb. <laughs> for the dumb ones. <laughs> we should put that on a shirt for the dumb ones. High flying a door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, great. We have Just Keep Chillin' shirt for the dumb ones and Be Above the Bow. What if we put them all together? <laughs> <laughs> Just like all, so many words. <laughs> Maybe we can work this out, but only if we're all in this together. <laughs> right. God. Okay, Kill Fuck Mary? Yes. Okay, who am I gonna pick? I either have to give you people you all really like or really hate. And I'm picking from everybody, bitch. You're gonna get... <laughs> okay. Serena, Joe. Don't do it. Who else do you have? Mabel. <laughs> okay. I would, okay, probably fuck Joe because he's only <laughs> He's always male. hard. He's always hard. I know it's a sure thing. <laughs> I would, oh my God, I'd kill Serena and I'd marry Mabel. And I'd tell Mabel she's gorgeous the way she is and I'd treat her like a queen. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah. <laughs> the acting teacher, the music teacher. <laughs> 
And okay. Oh, okay. I need one more. <laughs> God, who's a good one? I don't want to give you a young guy because then you know you're going to fuck them. It's easy. Yeah, it's got to be one of the teachers. Um, I'll do Miss Sherman. Okay, let me think this through. I think I would fuck the music teacher because... Oh. I really like an accent. Okay. Germans are known to be really kinky. It's a stereotype, but I'm sorry, Germans. That's a pretty cool stereotype. I didn't think you were going to pick the 70-year-old man. I should have known. Honey, you know I don't care about age. I love an old guy. I do. (laughs) I'm lucky I ended up with someone close to my age so people don't judge me. Because I could have married... I could have Anna Nicole Smithed up in this bitch in my lifetime. Oh, shit. Oh, no. I love that shit. (laughs) I do. That's beautiful. I would probably marry Miss Sherman because I feel like she would really hold me accountable she definitely has like a ferocity and a passion that is exciting to me and she's in a service job which I think is a really beautiful quality I would unfortunately kill the acting teacher because he seems like a nice guy but he kind of seemed like he didn't really have any qualities that we saw other than him being like here students let's be real tell me about your emotions I don't know yeah he doesn't seem like that great of an acting teacher may he rest in peace (laughs) okay wow okay wait let me tell you one thing when I did this production in middle school during the junior festival scene where they're performing there were two girls in the cast who were very good but didn't get parts that had songs so one girl who was playing iris sang a song and one girl who was in the ensemble sang a song as part of the junior festival they just took songs from other full songs full, full songs? songs from other musicals so <laughs> the girl who played iris sang i am what i am from la caja faux <gasps> And the girl who oh, was an ensemble sang Broadway Baby. What's that? Follies? What's that from? Uh-huh. Follies. And so at the time, I was like, I guess these songs are from fame too. And it took me multiple years to realize that, no, my teachers just threw those in there. That's crazy. <laughs> but the Fall Festival is kind of a montage of scenes. Yeah. So you did the montage and they're like, okay, now June's coming up to sing Broadway <laughs> Baby. Yeah, essentially. June. <laughs> Baby June. Wow. <laughs> Oh my God, that's insane. Yeah, it was a weird choice, but it was funny. I think we cut the whole fall festival out. You might as well. I don't remember that at all. We just did hot lunch. Hot lunch. They cut it out in favor of hot lunch. <laughs> Are you going to listen to hot lunch after a this? You promise? Percent. Okay. <laughs> well, if you promise to listen to hot lunch, maybe our listeners will promise to like and subscribe to our podcast and comment and rate it. Be our friends. And email us. Be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> Wait, do you know like the I Want to Live Forever, that part? of this fame song yeah i want i was reading you know what it was originally what? it was just keep chilling i want to chill forever <laughs> true story so we should just do that <laughs> we love you <laughs> that was a good one High Flying Adored is hosted by us, Mikey and Grace. It's produced by us, Grace and Mikey. Special thanks to Andy Mowat for our kick-ass theme song. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're streaming this on. While you're at it, please follow our Instagram, High Flying Adored. That's flying with no G. Email us at highflyingadoredpodcast at gmail.com. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>